Get ready for biblical preaching and teaching. I am Pastor Adam Bigelow. Isn't it time to get unstuck? This is the Reaching Forward Podcast. This man goes to a confession to see the priest. And he asked the priest, he said, Father, is pride a sin? And the father says, well, yes, my son. What are you proud of? And the man says, my huge muscles, of course. (laughs) And the priest looks at him and says, no worry, my child. Misunderstanding is not a sin. (laughs) I want to look at John chapter 7. We're teaching Jesus 101. I want to look at misunderstanding. And really, this is the theme of John chapter 7. And really, misunderstanding is a failure to understand. And the second definition of misunderstanding is a disagreement. Well, sometimes if we fail to understand something, what does it result in? A disagreement. And this is really what's happening with Jesus and a lot of the religious rulers. They had a misunderstanding about who Jesus was. I used to live in Hong Kong. And near where I used to live, they have some weird names for roads in Hong Kong. There's one called Red Naxella Terrace. So preacher, what's the misunderstanding in that? Red Naxella Well, Western languages like English, we read and write from left to right. In Chinese and other languages, they actually read and write in Hebrew and Arabic from right to left. So they start at this side of the page. So apparently one of the clerks from Hong Kong being Chinese, they don't even know how this happened, read... The English word Alexander and put Rednaxella. And it's an, look it up on your, on your maps. It's an actual road. They never changed it. It's not right. It's a backwards uh, road that's still in Hong Kong to this day. Instead of Alexander Terrace, it's Rednaxella Terrace. What? It's a misunderstanding. So these things happen. They're part of our world. And so... Uh, misunderstanding is not ignorance, okay? A misunderstanding is kind of having a different, but like maybe partial understanding or incorrect understanding of what you think is the truth. So the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, Timothy is exhorted. He said, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman, that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The the word of God can be wrongly divided or rightly divided. So when we come to Bible study, we want to understand the word correctly so we can rightly divide it to prevent misunderstandings. So let's look at uh, John chapter 7. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee. For he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. So, what's Galilee, northern Israel, just basically, okay? Israel used to be divided into two kingdoms, and there was the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was called 
Israel, the southern kingdom, was called Judah. Well, Jesus was walking in northern Israel because the folks in southern Israel were trying to kill him. And interestingly, southern Israel, or Judah, is where they get the word Jew. Jew comes from Judah, which, if you know this, maybe from studying, Judah means praise. And it comes from the Hebrew word for hand, yad, or yada, which means to praise. The Jews would praise God, lifting their hands up. This is something that someone made up, but the Jews, and of course, everyone at football games and everyone who's excited, they lift their hands up. So that's where the word Jew comes from. Now the Bible said, now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brethren, so Jesus' uh, physical relatives on Mary or Joseph's side, said unto him, depart thence and go into Judea. That's the southern kingdom. That thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. He said, they said, what are you hiding from? Well, Jesus was not hiding from anyone. But Jesus wasn't trying to be made king either. He wasn't trying to gain popular support on Facebook. The Bible says, and the real root of that is it said, for neither did his brethren believe in him. They really didn't believe that he was the Messiah. Then Jesus said unto them, my time is not yet come. He was on a schedule. He said, but your time is always ready. You know, when I was in the Marine Corps, if they told you, you are on your own program. It was not a compliment. That means that there was something to be done and you were off doing, playing your own second fiddle over on the sideline. I remember when we were standing in a formation, you were supposed to be completely still. And I thought these, these little bugs called sand fleas, they were eating my face, right? And you just had to let them feast on you. Except I figured no one's going to see. I couldn't see anybody. So I just did this. Immediately after I did that, I heard, oh no, oh no, you know where we're going. And I got a scent to what was called the sand pit, which looked like a volleyball, sand volleyball court. And we all did push-ups and all these other things as punitive punishment. Thankfully, they didn't know my name because we were all new. I would have gotten some extra punishment and uh, been singled out. But I was on my own program. I figured, well, everyone else is standing still. I'm going to do my own thing. Jesus said, He wasn't on his own program. Jesus came to do his Father's will. Remember in Gethsemane? Not my will, but thine be done. Jesus was on a mission for the Father. The Bible says the world cannot hate you. He's talking to these people that are telling him to go down to Judah and be killed or murdered. But me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. If you want to make someone your enemy, call out their sin. I remember this guy, he said he was a Christian and I invited him to church. Well, he was shacking up and I was concerned about him. So I talked to my pastor and I said, what do I do? He said, go tell him. And I'm like, okay. So I got my Bible out and got all the scriptures on, you know, the things I need to talk to him about. And I, 
I came up to his door and I said, hey man, and I talked to him and I said, I said, is that, and I want to make sure I had it right. I said, is that lady your wife that you're living with? He goes, no, my fiance. I said, okay. I said, uh, I said, you can't do that and go to heaven. And you know what he said? I know. But he never came back to church. You know, some people, when you call out their sin, they don't like it. And that's what Jesus did. He called out people's sin. And instead of, they wanted religion, but they wanted to sin and just be thought of as good. So they hated Jesus for it. And so the Bible said, Jesus told his brethren, go ye up unto this feast. I go not up yet unto this feast, for my time is not yet full come. So the Feast of Tabernacles was a, it was a feast where they commemorated the 40 years wandering in the wilderness. And yes, God kept them and God fed them with manna. But it's interesting, the reason they went to the wilderness for 40 years, because they misunderstood who God was. They had a misunderstanding. God said, go into the promised land through all these challenges. And you know what they said? We're like grasshoppers in their sight and in our sight. They could not see how God could lead them through the challenges so they would not go up. And you know what God said? Okay, you're going to wander around for 40 years, one for each day that the spies went. They went for 40 days until this whole generation is wasted away and I'll raise up a new generation, basically, that are going to believe me. And you know that we should look at that. God's going to lead us to victory through challenges. It's not going to be easy, but then all the glory goes to God. Amen. When he had said these words unto them, he abode still in northern Israel, in Galilee. But when his brethren were gone up, then went he also up unto the feast, not openly, but as it were in secret. The Jews had to go to these feasts. There were three feasts that was compulsory for all the Jewish males to attend these feasts under the law. And Jesus had to keep the law. Then Jews, then the Jews sought him at the feast and said, where is he? And there was much murmuring among the people concerning him. For some said, he is a good man. Others said, nay, but he deceiveth the people. Howbeit no man spake openly of him for fear of the Jews. Well, let me tell you, Jesus is not a good man. People like to say he's the, the man upstairs or he's the, you know, uh, 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 I don't know, a prophet. Jesus was the Christ, the son of God. He created the heavens and the earth. He was more than just a good guy. Buddha was a good guy. He was a teacher. His real name, he was a prince. Did you know that? Siddhartha Guatama. Buddha. He never claimed to be God. He was a teacher. And I'm saying good but as far as he put out moral teachings, okay? Uh, but Jesus was not a good man like a good teacher. He was way more than that. But the Bible said nobody said anything for fear of the Jews. You know, and when Jesus healed that man at the pool of Siloam, his parents were asked, uh, hey, who opened his eyes? And it says, he's of, the parents said he's of age, just ask him. Because they feared to be put out of the synagogue. For if anyone said that Jesus was the Christ, they were going to be excommunicated. So, and there's still people afraid today to speak up for Jesus. But let's not be afraid to speak up for Jesus. Now, about the midst of the feast, 
Jesus went up into the temple and taught. And really, you know what? It was his temple and it's his prerogative, right, to teach. Not just Bobby Brown's prerogative, but it was Jesus' prerogative to teach in his temple. And the Jews marveled, saying, How knoweth this man letters? Not his ABCs, but how do you know the law? Having never learned. Well, you know how Jesus knew? You don't get an education in college, okay? Just, oh, I went to college. Isn't someone have a shirt that said, like, I are a college graduate? You know, but just going to college doesn't mean that you're educated. Getting an education means that you're educated. Jesus had the fullness of the Spirit, and the Bible said that the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. Jesus was educated by the Spirit of God himself, not by sylvan learning or homeschool. He was educated by the Almighty Spirit of God. And that's why they're going, wow, he's deep, because he was deep. The deep things of God were imparted to him. Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine or teaching is not mine, but his that sent me. Now, brethren, that is true but it also was his teaching. Why did Jesus say that? Because he wasn't coming to get any credit. He was coming in humility. The Bible says in Philippians, he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but humbled himself and came in the form as a servant. You know how you could get a servant test? If someone treats you like a servant, if you act like one. Or do you No! Jesus didn't do that. He said, it's not my teaching. It's my father's teaching. He didn't even claim credit for what was his. Why? He came humbly as a servant. Boy, that's, that's hard to do, right? The Bible says, behold my servant in Isaiah 42, chapter, chapter 42 and verse 1. And it says... He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. You know that the Bible says that he was going to be humble. He wasn't going to be a a crowd gatherer. He wasn't going to have, uh, he wasn't here to build a megachurch. He was here to die on the cross. And the Bible says, if any man do his will, he shall know of the doctrine, the teaching, whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs, commit thy works unto the Lord. That means serve God with your works. And then it says something will happen. Thy thoughts shall be established. If you want to know if God's real, serve him. And then see if it's real. See if you pay your tithe and God takes care of you. See if you give your life to Jesus Christ. And God breaks the chains of sin. Surrender unto him your life and see if he gives you a new one. His life. You see. And that's what Jesus was saying. That uh, check it out for yourself. If you do God's will, you'll know that I'm of God. He that speaketh of himself seeketh his own glory. But he that seeketh his glory that sent him, the same is true. And no unrighteousness is in him. Jesus was saying, I'm not coming for my own glory. I'm coming for my father's. And then he said, did not Moses give you the law? And look at what he says. This is why they hated Jesus. And yet none of you keepeth the law. Oof, right there. None of you are right with God. 
And then he says, why go ye about to kill me? The Bible says in Romans, there is none righteous. No, not one. And that was talking about the right standing of God that people had without Jesus. Nobody had it. We all needed Jesus. The people answered and said, Thou hast the devil. They called Jesus the devil. Who goeth about to kill thee? Multitudes did, okay? But they had some misunderstandings, didn't they? And Jesus did. Be careful if you accuse Jesus of having a devil. Okay, blaspheming the Holy Ghost is accusing Jesus of having an unclean spirit and yet knowing or claiming to know that God is your God. That is a dangerous territory, okay? And that's what they were doing. Jesus answered and said unto them, and this is all stemming back from the man that he healed a few chapters ago. He said, I've done one work and ye all marvel. Moses therefore gave unto you circumcision. Not because it is of Moses, but of the fathers. And he said, and on the Sabbath day, you circumcise a man. Look, they didn't circumcise on the Sabbath. They circumcised eight days after the baby was born. But if it happened to be on the Sabbath, they circumcised the baby eight days after the baby was born. And if some of those babies that wound up, they were getting circumcised, which is a work on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, you're doing this work on the Sabbath. And you're fine. And he said, I do one work, he said, and you're going crazy. Jesus didn't even do anything. He just said, rise up and walk. He didn't touch the man. He didn't, you know, grab the man's bed. He just spoke. And they're trying to crucify him for just speaking. Furthermore, it said, if a man on the Sabbath, Jesus said, receives circumcision, that the law of Moses should not be broken. Are you angry at me? Because I have made a man every whit whole on the Sabbath day. You know what? Jesus said in, in his word in the Old Testament, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. It's the work of God. That doesn't stop on the Sabbath. And Jesus said, you're doing and keeping your law. I'm keeping my nature. And the verse 24 is a, a very good verse. It's like the key verse. It's kind of sandwiched. Judge not according to the appearance, but... Judge, righteous, judgment. That means make decisions. You know, a lot of people say, don't judge. No, Jesus said, judge. That's what Jesus said. Judge righteously. But that's what Jesus said. Some of them, don't judge. No, Jesus said, judge, righteous judgment. Brethren, if it's sin, it's sin. Not because I say it, but because God says it. If someone's right, they're right. Not because I say it, but because God said it. If you can tie it to what the word of God, if someone says, well, I'm doing this and it's wrong, it's not wrong because we say it. The judgment is God's word. And that's what I'm sharing. And that's what Jesus was saying. And he's saying they were judging according to appearance, not according to God's word. That is the key verse. And you'll understand God better if you judge according to his word. And a lot of America, they're judging according to appearance. You know that I'm racist inherently? Why? Because my skin. Well, the people say it's white. My shirt's white. My skin's pink. But you're white. You're inherently racist. And the same people, other people would say, if you're black, you're a crook. So preacher, that was racist. No, people say that. It's wrong because it's judging according to 
The Bible says that God doesn't look on the outward appearance. Sin doesn't have a color. Your heart is what causes your actions. You're not racist because you're white. You're racist because you're wrong. You're not a crook because you're black. You're a crook because you're wrong. And you know what? Jesus was saying, don't judge according to the way someone looks. Don't judge according to where someone's from. Judge according. Wasn't there a man that said that? Martin Luther King Jr.? That man shouldn't be judged according to the color of their skin. This isn't new. This is back in the 60s. But according to the content of their character. That's what God is after. That's what the righteous judgment should be. We should judge according to someone's life, not according to someone's looks. That's what God said. And you know what? That'll fix America right there. People get back to God. Then said some of them of Jerusalem, Is not this he whom they seek to kill? But lo, he speaketh boldly, and they say nothing unto him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is very, the very Christ? Howbeit we know this man whence he is. But when Christ cometh, no man knoweth whence he is. Then cried Jesus. So Jesus is going to speak up now because he's had enough of the misunderstandings. Then cried Jesus in the temple as he taught, saying, and he cried. That means he lifted up his voice. Like if my daughter is misbehaving, normal, 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 volume 10. Okay, it just gets lifted up after a while. And it's like the, the voice gets lifted up because daddy has had enough. Is that right, Emma? Daddy has had enough. It's like library voice is gone, right? When the daddy voice comes out, that's what Jesus, the daddy voice came out. He cried in the temple. And the Bible says, Ye both know me, and ye know whence I am, or where I'm from, and that I am not come of myself, but he that sent me is true, whom ye know not. And he's saying, I'm not from Bethlehem. He's saying, I'm from heaven. And you know that God sent me, not Joseph, and not Mary. But I know him, for I am from him, who? The Father. And he hath sent me. Now, it said, then they sought to take him. The ones that said, who's going to try to kill you? The people right here, right? But no man lays hands on him because his hour was not yet come. You see those people, they kind of like, they, they put their own hand on themselves and they say, hold me back, hold me back. But there's something that's holding them back and it's not their own hand. Maybe it's their fear, right? But the power of God was holding this mob back from crucifying him right there or beating him to death or something else. And the Bible said, and many of the people believed on him and said, when Christ cometh, will he do more miracles than these, which this man hath done? That's a good question. How do you explain that Jesus is not the Christ and yet he does miracles left, right, and center? I mean, he's just touching people and they're being revived and they're being, so their blindness, their eyes are being opened and they're being uh, healed of all kinds of diseases, paralysis, even death. And they're like, oh, he's not the Christ. I mean, they're like, well, how much more would you have to heal for it to be the Christ? Rational thinking, right? Judging according to righteous judgment. The Pharisees heard, and those were the religious elite, that the people murmured such things concerning him. And the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Now, this wasn't the cops, right? This was the religious cops because the cops were 
the Romans, okay? They were in a country that didn't have their own military because they were subjugated. They were a slave nation under the Roman Empire. But they did have their, like, church police, right? So they sent their church police, the ushers, right? Get them ushers, right? Or some type of body of authorities, whatever, but... And the Bible says, Then Jesus said unto them, Yet a little while that I'm, I'm with you, and then I go unto him that sent me. Ye shall seek me, and shall not find me. And where I am, thither ye cannot come. He said, I'm going to heaven. You can't get there like you are. Then said the Jews among themselves. Again, we're talking about misunderstanding. They had no idea what he was talking about. My, uh, my wife was talking to another sister about a conversation I had had with someone. And I was speaking philosophically, but they were understanding it and speaking to me emotionally. And they, the other person pointed that out. So we were having two different conversations and we were misunderstanding each other. And it did not work out well. Do you know what I'm talking about, Sister Bigelow? Well, I'll talk about it later. So, Sister Keckle uh, realized this conversation was going two different ways. And uh, she pointed that out. I was like, yeah, there were some misunderstandings. The Bible says, Then said the Jews among themselves, Whither will he go that we shall not find him? Will he go unto the dispersed among the Gentiles and teach the Gentiles. That's all they could understand. What manner of saying is this that he said? Ye shall seek me and shall not find me. And where I am, thither ye cannot come. You know, if we don't have Christ, if you really want to understand the word of God, put Christ in your heart. That is the best way to understand God's word. They were right next to Jesus and did not get him. You know, you've talked to people and they say, you wouldn't know Jesus if he manifested himself right in front of you. That was literally true in this scripture. They didn't know the creator of the world and he was standing in shoe leather right in front of their face. And they're like, who's that? In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. Anyone in the whole world. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this he spake, this he spake, he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. He was talking about the promise of God that would change men and women's lives, that would give them power. So when Paul met the disciples, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they began to say, we haven't even heard if there was a Holy Ghost. And then he began to ask them some questions, laid his hands on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. But let's continue, because I've got about five minutes left. Many of the people, therefore... When they heard this saying said, of a truth, this is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, shall Christ come out of Galilee? Jesus was hanging out in Galilee, but that's not where he was born. Galilee's in the north. Bethlehem is in the south. Again, misunderstandings, right? Hath not the scripture said that Christ cometh of the seed of David? And out of the town of Bethlehem where David was. So there was a division. What happens after misunderstanding? Division. Arguments. So there was a division among the people because of him. And some of them would have taken him, but no man laid hands on him. And then the Bible says, Then came the officers to the chief priests and Pharisees, and they said unto him, Why have you not brought him? 
The officers answered, I like this, never man spake like this man. They came up to take him and they were just mesmerized. They just put down their, their swords or whatever and just was, they were listening and God was dealing with their heart. At least they were open, right, unto the Lord. And they were just spellbound by his truth. Then answered them the Pharisees, are ye also deceived? You know, it's amazing. When you get saved, some people might say you're in a cult. But they never say you're in a cult when you blow all your money at the bar on Friday. When you cheat on your wife on Saturday, you're just normal, right? That's what everybody does. But when you start going to the house of God, paying your tithe, then you're deceived and giving all your money to the church, right? What a lie. They weren't deceived. They were listening to the truth. Have any, and it says, have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed on him? Look, just because the rulers and the religious elite didn't believe in Jesus, just like today, just because someone in Hollywood has an opinion doesn't mean they're right. Just because, was it Laura Ingram that said, shut up and sing. Just because some uh, movie star or singer has some political viewpoint, it doesn't mean that they're right. They're just a celebrity. That doesn't mean that they're smart. <laughs> or a billionaire weighs in. That doesn't matter. Our elevated position in this world does not mean we have an elevated position spiritually. Just know that just because someone has money or position doesn't mean they're right on the things of God. But the Bible said, but this people who knoweth not the law are cursed. And that's true. Nicodemus saith unto them, good old Nicodemus, who came, it said, he that came to Jesus by night, being one of them, doth our law judge any man before it hear him and know what he doeth? Now, that's our last verse of scripture, or, or one of our last verses of scripture. But you know that Jesus when he was crucified, didn't get a fair trial. And the Bible prophesied that. And that uh, when he was, uh, when he was, the Bible says in Acts chapter 8, verse 33, in his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. You know, when someone in the Jews' time, when someone was taken to be executed, they would call out, is there a witness? Is there someone that can testify to the character of this man about to be executed. There were some. How about Pilate's wife? Have nothing to do with that just man. How about Pilate? I find no fault in him. How about uh, Herod agreed with Pilate that there was no fault in Jesus? How about uh, Judas, the one who betrayed him? He said, I have betrayed Innocent blood. All of these people testifying to Jesus' character. And when he was crucified, the criminal on the cross said, it said, this man hath done nothing amiss. Even on the cross, after Jesus cried out, the centurion said, surely this was a righteous man. There were people that would have said something, but Jesus wasn't given a fair trial. He was crucified so that we could be made right, but he was not given a righteous trial. And what about if they asked for people, a show of hands of all the people that Jesus had healed? The Herod's judgment hall wouldn't be able to hold the woman with the issue of blood, the woman caught in adultery, the man at the pool of Siloam, blind Bartimaeus, Lazarus. I was sick and then I was just, someone was calling my name and I woke up again. And he was raised from the dead. And how about this in Matthew 12? It says, when Jesus knew it, 
he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all. There would be thousands upon thousands of people. What about the 5,000 that received the multiplied bread and fish? There'd be football stadiums full of witnesses for Jesus, but nobody asked because he was given an unfair trial so he could be crucified for our sins. The Bible said in verse 52, they answered and said unto him, art thou also of Galilee? They were accusing Nicodemus of being from the north. And then they said, search and look for out of Galilee ariseth no prophet. Now, if you're going to make a claim, make sure you know what you're talking about, okay? Do you know where Jonah was from? I'd say he was a prophet, right? He even has his own book. Try Galilee. He was from the north, right? Gath, Hefer, but it was in Galilee. There are other prophets that are also from the north. These people didn't know their scriptures. And it says in verse 53, they misunderstood, right? So, and every man went into his own house. But you know that, uh, I'm, I'm out of time, but when you come to Jesus, Jesus works to clear up misunderstandings. And you know, some of us, it's taken us a long time to learn wrong things. <laughs> and they're in there. The way that we grew up or the way that our parents did things, it wasn't right. I mean, as far as the Bible. But if we allow God to work in our hearts, he clears up misunderstandings. And it's in, a cre and it's in Christians, it's in our hearts to clear up misunderstandings between us and other people. You know what Jesus said? And I'll leave you with this. He said, blessed are the peacemakers, people who clear things up. For they shall be called the children of God. Because God clears up misunderstandings. Father, I have taught your word. I pray that you will clear up misunderstandings between us, maybe in people we work with. And God, that we can be peacemakers between us and our brethren, between us and our husbands and, and wives, in our families, that you would help us clear those up that we would be manifested as the ones who make peace, the ones who manifest truth, and the ones who are the children of God. Amen. Amen.